0: everyone. Today is day 4 of Gregory Dickow's Fast from Wrong Thinking. If you still haven't signed up for the daily emails, you can do that anytime by going to fastfromwrongthinking.com and jump right into this 40-day fast. Today we are fasting from the thought that says I don't feel loved. I think a lot of us would probably agree that we believe God loves us, but if we're being honest, we don't always feel it, especially when something bad happens to us or to a loved one or when we feel like we've messed up or made some kind of mistake. This episode covers all of that and I think you're going to love it. I want to encourage to lean in and take this as a personal word for you today. Enjoy. How does God speak? How do we know God's voice? Because sometimes we feel condemned, sometimes we feel guilty, sometimes we feel ashamed, sometimes we just beat ourselves up. Sometimes we think God's mad at us. Sometimes we think God's judging us. Sometimes we think God's not listening. Sometimes we think God's so far away. All of those feelings and thoughts have to subject themselves to this truth. And what is the truth? You're his dearly loved son or daughter. And you bring him great joy. What? When will I bring him great joy after I do some stuff for God, after I clean up my act? Wait, wait a minute. Jesus didn't do anything yet. He didn't do anything yet. And he brought the father great joy just being his son brought the father great joy. we got to get this. we got to get this. we got to get this. When you get this, you'll get everything. When you get this, it'll all make sense. When you realize this truth, that you have the victory, that you are approved, that you are loved. He says he loves you just the way you are. But he'll never leave you. Here's the thing. He doesn't clean you up and then say, "Okay, now I'll accept you. He accepts you just the way you are. And then a process of transformation takes place because now your life feels safe in the love of the father. You know what you look like in God's eyes, in God's eyes, you are you are loved, you are chosen, you are holy and you are without fault. I'm going to tell you something. Most of us here today, we're living our lives based on how we look in other people's eyes. And we need to stop that today and awaken to only one thing, what we look like in God's eyes. And you know what? You look like four things in God's eyes. In God's eyes, you're loved. In God's eyes, you're chosen. In God's eyes, you're holy. And in God's eyes, you are without fault. You say, how can I be without fault in his eyes? I make mistake after mistake after mistake. But in his eyes, you are without fault because he looks at you through the blood of Jesus. You know what? It's not about what you have to say. But the father said, but Lord, I'm so unworthy. But the father said, I don't deserve it. But the father said, I got good news for you today. You might say, I don't know what I'm going to do. But the father said, bring out the best robe. Oh, father, I've sinned. I failed you. I'm not worthy. But the father said, bring the best robe. It doesn't matter what you say anymore. First and foremost, what matters is what does the father say? But the father said, bring out the best robe and put it on my son. I'm not listening to that unworthiness. I'm not listening to you. I'm not. I dismiss all your unbelief. I dismiss all your unworthiness. I dismiss all of you feeling like you have to be unworthy and be like a hired servant. No, you don't have to beg. No, you don't have to be like a servant. No, you're my son. I've never quit loving you and never will expect love and love and more love. And if you could begin to set that as your expectation from God. You'll never live in fear another day in your life. So my message to you today is expect love. Love. And more love. Well, I'm not so sure about that, preacher. If you expect more love from God, does that mean if you do something wrong, He'll still love you? Yeah. Does that mean if you blow it, He'll still love? Yeah. Does that mean if I mess up, He'll still? Yeah. Does that mean if I get mad and angry and cuss God out, He'll still love? Yeah. You say, well, well, then I could just get away with anything, then. Yeah. Pretty much. But you know what? After you've gotten away with it, you know what you should expect more love. And after you reap the harvest of your bad seeds that you sowed, you know what you need to expect after that bad harvest, more love, because God won't spare you in most cases from the harvest of your seeds. But he will find a way to demonstrate his love again. God is love. God is love. God is good. You say, oh, I think we're hearing a little too much about that. You know, we need to get into some sin, Pastor. Why do we need to get into something Jesus already died for? Buried. Absolved. Well, you got to warn, you got to warn the people, you got to warn the people that Jesus is coming back. Okay, you have duly you have been duly warned. Jesus is coming back. But let me tell you what he's coming back for and what he's not coming back for. He's coming. He's not coming back. With reference to your sin, Hebrews chapter nine says he is going to return. And in his second coming, it will be without reference to sin. You say, oh, no, no, no. My future sins. Those aren't nailed to the cross. I got to confess them. Lie. That's wrong. Because because when you were one, all of your sins were in the future. That's right. And Jesus paid for those 2,000 years ago. So, guess what? When you're 31, 41, 51, 61, it's just like being one. It's just like just being born. All your sins have been paid for in advance. It's called paying it forward. Yes. He paid for it in advance so that the second time He comes, It will be without reference to sin. Because it's been washed away. Well, doesn't the Bible say we should confess our sin? That's for your conscience. It's not for God. It's not for God to forgive you. It's for your conscience. It's only about your conscience. It has nothing to do with your relationship with God. Zero. Zero. It's your conscience that you're confessing for. You're not confessing your sin for salvation. The Bible does it never says anywhere that you get saved by confessing your sin. It says you get saved by confessing Jesus as Lord and believing that God raised him from the dead. That's what the Bible says. I've been in friendships and in relationships where I wasn't really sure what a person's motive was, what a person's intention was. And so I've always you know, been a little shy or reluctant to, to trust people. And so because you you you're expecting somebody to behave, which the way that you would until they don't. Right. And then you and then you're like, oh, I should have known that or, oh, I knew that was coming and you you're almost expecting for the shoe to drop. You know what that means? You're almost expecting for something bad to happen and and that's how we've been in relationships with people. And that's sometimes how we are in our relationship with God. That some things have gone good in your life, but then you're, you're, you're kind of expecting, well, maybe he's going to at some point change his mind, turn his back on me. Uh, at some point, the shoe's going to drop at some point. Something bad's going to happen, but it never does. You know why? Now, something bad might happen, but it didn't come from God. People change. People change like that. Sometimes they're happy with you one day. They're mad at you the next. They like you one day. They don't like you the next. They you know, they talk to you one day. They ignore you the next. Come on. Are you with me here? And it's funny. God's never like that. And if you've been around long enough, you'll see. And now I've been a Christian for, I don't know, 30 something years and since Jesus saved me and he's never he's never been mad at me. He's never judged me. He's never condemned me. I thought he had, but he never has. I thought he was, you know, kind of quiet, but it wasn't because he wasn't there. Maybe I just needed to learn to trust and maybe I needed to get to the place where I don't have to fight for God's approval or fight for his love or do anything to earn it but just accept it. God doesn't want robotic relationships like that, where you're just obeying him because you're afraid of punishment. God wants you to obey him out of love. He wants you to know how much he loves you. And then out of your love back to him as a reflex back, your obedience should overflow. Your you're your, your wanting to do the right thing should overflow out of out of God's love for you. And you're like, man, I, I'm so thankful that God loves me. I want to love him back. And I want to do whatever I can do to to just show him how much how grateful I am. It really becomes a reflex. It be, it's like a, you hit the knee in a certain place and the knee kicks out. That's a reflex. When you understand God's love, your reflex is to love him back. Your reflex is to love other people. Your reflex is to tell other people about Jesus. It's not something you have to try to manufacture or make happen. It's a reflex. But the problem is many people are having a reflex to the wrong concept of God. So if you think that God is that God is mean and angry and mad at you whenever you don't whenever you don't do anything right, then you'll your reflex will be to get mad at yourself and your reflex will be to get mad at other people and your reflex will be to treat people bad because you think God's treating you bad. But he doesn't treat us bad at all. He treats us far better than any of us could ever earn or deserve. I'm so thankful that God doesn't treat me the way I deserve. He treats me the way he chooses because he loves me. They didn't say, Jesus, you know, Lazarus has really been good lately before he got sick. You know, he went to the temple every day. You know, before he got sick, he was helping the poor, you know, before he got sick, he was on his knees. You know, before he got sick, he was cleaning up all of his life and all of his mistakes and all of his, you know, before he got sick, he was he he had some flaws, Lord. But look, he really, really, really loved you. So won't you do a miracle because he loved you? No, no, no. That's not how they go to God. And my God, this is a picture of how we should go to God, Lord, because you love me, because you love me, he said. They said, Lord, they said, Jesus, the one who you love is sick. You got to do something because you love him. I'm telling you, God's going to do something because he loves you. He's going to do something because he loves you. He's going to turn the curse into a blessing because he loves you. It's not about our love. It's not about us loving him enough. It's about how much he loves us. My God, if we could get a hold of this, that God is not waiting for you to do enough, to love enough, to pray enough, to be enough. His love is more than enough. Lord. The one you love is sick. Boy, if you want to get the heart of God, well, they got his attention, but Jesus was like, well, what? Oh, yeah, I love him. I'm going to tell you something then now, because I love him, this sickness is not going to end in death. It's not going to end in death. It may include death. But it's not going to end there. In fact. It did include death. But it didn't end in death. Thanks everyone for joining us today on the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to share it with a friend and make sure you've subscribed so that you never miss an episode. Have an awesome day.